He's the man in the back of the room. Y con la voz de Dios. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, CEOs where to go, and stars when to shine. But as he likes to point out, Who cares? I care. It's true, she cares. And so does he. He's entertainment and production agency owner and meeting and event master, Anthony Bellotta. She's his Agent 99, and you're about to be Bellottified. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bolotified, the one and only podcast about events, entertainment, and engagement. I'm Anthony Bolotta. I'm here every week with the always delicious, always optimistic Alexia Cristina Postalidis. Opa, Alex. <laughs> Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning. Kalimera, kalispera, kalimita. That's what that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. It's all Greek to me. It's all chimpun kampun. That's Japanese for it's all Greek to me. Oh, gosh. Now you're really going to confuse me. <laughs> I don't have I don't have I don't have headspace for that. today. You don't have bandwidth for for the languages for for it's a small world of podcasting. No, all I can think about is Turkey, <laughs> Turkey, 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 Lurkey. Not the country, but the the uh, food. Not that there's anything wrong with the country, but yes, the food. Yes, yes, definitely yeah. the food, because there's a fresh turkey waiting for me at Ralph's to go pick up, and I need to go pick up that turkey. Uh, it's the one obligation that I have for Thanksgiving is to do the turkey, and uh, I'm, I already have heartburn over it, because you know me in the kitchen. We don't exactly get along. You'll be fine. Oh, yeah, that's not true. That's not true. I've tasted, uh, I've tra- tasted your sauce. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you so much there. Uh, you know, I'm learning Italian on the uh, Duolingo app. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the expression, oh, una cucina, ma no, non cucino came up, which is I have a kitchen, but I don't, but I don't cook. cook. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so true. So, so, so true. So you're Carrie Bradshaw of Italy. You use your oven for sweaters. Yes, absolutely. And shoes, of course. And shoes. (laughs) She puts her sweaters in there, yes. I wouldn't even think about putting my sweaters in. It just wouldn't ever occur to me that that's a great place to put sweaters. But, you know, hey, not that there's anything wrong with it. Could set the house on fire. But other than that, sure, nothing whatsoever. That's That's all. Oh my goodness. Okay, before we get started, if you're a new listener, please take this time to like and subscribe. Go ahead. We'll give you a sec. Why, thank you. So I have to ask you, other than Turkey, is there anything else going on with you? Anything else on your mind? Well, yes, actually, I am thinking about something this morning and it is called psychographics let's get tipsy so i'm going to tell you what psychographics is and why they matter so much in event design So a blending of the words psychology and demographics, psychographics is the qualitative mythology of studying consumers. 
or in our case, event goers, based on psychological characteristics and traits such as values, desires, goals, activities, interests, and lifestyle choices. In meeting and event planning, psychographics go beyond traditional demographics, such as age, race, ethnicity, and gender, in establishing a deeper understanding of our attendees, which can lead us towards stronger, more authentic, more sustained engagements. The rub exists in getting that information, which is difficult to obtain in writing form, without some kind of incentive and is highly dependent on time-consuming focus groups and individual interviews. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. The process of a grander, the process on a grander scale can be daunting. So let's take baby steps. Start by keeping your eyes and ears open for all the clues you can pick up from what is not said and what might not seem, at least at the moment, to, to pertain. And begin asking more open-ended questions that can help you better understand and appreciate how your respondents think and feel. Because getting to the core of that over and above marital status and age is key to providing experiences that can and will authentically engage, inspire, and motivate psychographics for more information on them i've included a link to a 2020 article from the blog hubspot.com in the program notes look forward and read up on psychographics and how they can help you better engage your attendees and that's my tip of the day it's tipsy all right what do you think about psychographics? Well, I'm really glad you explained it because when I heard the word, I went somewhere else and I went, ooh, <laughs> what is he going to talk about? Um, but that's very, very interesting. And actually, uh, Yaya would have something to say about this. What would Yaya say? Yaya would say, I anthopi ene santo roloya prepi na kuskane na sihorizum. In English, please. <laughs> People are like clocks. You have to know what makes them tick. Oh, that is very, very true. And why? Well, I mean, for many reasons, obviously in the event world, but even on a personal reason, you know, so for an example, you're, you're a parent, you're going to throw a birthday party for your kid. You have a six-year-old girl. You immediately think, six-year-old girl princess blow up princessy designs and but she's a tomboy that wants a skateboarding party so you got to know what makes her tick to make her birthday party memorable for her mm -hmm. so it extends in every part of our lives it sure does it yes it does and, and i must say that yaya is a very bright bright <laughs> bright lady <laughs> She, she was really more than ahead of the time. Yes, yes, she does. Yes, yes, she does. Well, actually, I'm not so sure about that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, no, no, no. I mean in that, it, no, I meant in the humility portion of what you said. Yaya was a self-proclaimed expert on all things life. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if she wasn't. Even if she wasn't. Right. Which so far we haven't come across anything she's not an expert in. So. Oh, and that's yeah. part of her charm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, she wouldn't be Yaya if she didn't think she knew everything. That's right. 
That's right. And then, so who cares? Right. Who cares? I care. So talk about talking about bright, 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 bright women. Let's introduce our guest today. Oh, yes, please. Well, our guest today is a graduate of SDSU with the degree. (laughs) You know that well. With the degree in hospitality and tourism management with an emphasis in special event and convention management. So while in college, she worked with two of our former guests, one Ms. Lydia Krasner and one Ms. Cheryl Kinsler. She worked in the hotel industry at the end of her college career, then moved on to the nonprofit sector, working for Home of Guiding Hands. When she started having children, she decided it was time to give up the typical Monday through Friday office job, especially with a firefighter husband who was gone for his work. So in 2014, Cheryl Kinsler of Cheryl Kinsler Events offered uh, our guest today a 50-50 partnership, and she left the nonprofit world to start RSVP events. RSVP events. So smart. Smart. Yep, very smart. When Cheryl retired, she became full owner and has very successfully carried on the mantle of the business. And in 2023, they became a corporation. So please welcome the lovely, the gracious, the ever so flexible, Rachel Wood. Wow, thank you so much. What an introduction. I'm (laughs) happy to be here. Thank you. All true, Rachel. All, all true. And and your flexibility makes you really good to go on vacation with too, by the way. (laughs) Whenever I get to go on vacation, yes. Yeah, whenever that happens. Yes. So for the for the sake of our audience, we like to begin our podcast with something that helps to get them to know you a bit better. It's something we call 10 Quick Questions. 10 Quick Questions. 10 Quick Questions. Yay! All right. Are you ready? I think so. I'm a bit nervous, but I'm ready. Oh, nothing to be nervous about. Two minutes on the clock. We're looking for the first thing that comes to mind. Just That's what I'm nervous about. (laughs) The first thing that comes to my mind, but I will. I'll do my best. Word it out. You're afraid of it. I'm excited about it. I'm excited too. All right. Question number one. Rachel Wood, do you believe in miracles? Yes. I think anything is possible. Number two, what happens at home when your fireman husband, Jesse, tries to argue like a lawyer? Oh, that's interesting because when we got married, he wanted to be a lawyer. So he was in pre-law school. Um, But no, anyway, he turned into a fireman. He doesn't try to argue with me. He's very smart. There you go. He wouldn't have made a good lawyer then. (laughs) Yes. Rachel, your life is but a pizza. What is it topped with? Honestly, anything that's left over in the fridge, <laughs> because <laughs> I, although I'm a great planner when it comes to my life, when it comes to at home and making meals, it's whatever I have in, you know, arm's length. Um, so it's whatever leftovers my husband left me in the fridge is going on top of the pizza. I love it. I love it. And the kids, they just better like the fact that they're eating. Yeah, absolutely. Right. We'll put dino nuggets on the pizza. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. (laughs) Princess Pickles, your precious pussy is called PP for short. 
Do you ever worry she might literally get pissed one day inside your house? No, Pee-Pee is, uh, you know, she runs this house. So um, I love Princess Pickles. That's what happens when you get a three-year-old to name your cat. But no, I love, I love my kitty. I think that's a smart choice, by the way, because Princess Pickles is absolutely the best name ever. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> the vets all get a kick out of it when we go. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, so apparently you won the prices right. Showcase showdown on your 18th birthday. I did. Who, who's the host of The Price is Right today? Oh, is it Drew Carey still? Yes, it is. Wow. I'm impressed. Because you, uh, you were on with Bob Barker. That's right. I was on with him right before he retired. So I got I got in. We were looking for that uh, that um, well, what am I trying to say? That episode. episode. Thank you. We're looking for that episode online. But yeah. couldn't find it. Is it available online? You know what? That's so funny because my parents have a DVD of it somewhere in their house. And I have spent many a times online looking for it. And I have found that entire season, every single episode, minus my episode. And I Honestly, it was in 2004 and we wa I was a senior in high school and we watched it um, in school, but there was an interruption from the president oh. during the episode. Oh, come and on. Only during, it was, it, it didn't get in the way of my portion, but it did have a, a break in the episode. And I wonder if that's why it's it, not available it's not online. Yes. But I will find it because my kids ask about it. So I do want to show them. Absolutely stupid President Bush. I know it was It you. wasn't. I, was, I wasn't naming names. I just said the year. I'm I just going to say. Oh, go ahead, Anthony. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was around. I know who it was. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, yeah. When your kids do get to see it, they're because I was on a game show. And when my daughter saw it a couple of years ago, I was in my late 20s. She freaked out about my voice. What game show were you? you on supermarket Super market. <laughs> Super market sweet. sweet yes that was one of my favorites i just remember you have to get the honey baked ham or whatever yes. the ham because you had to get a bunch of them right and that yes <laughs> i remember i think we're showing our age a little bit a little bit yeah mine more than yours because you're still very young Thank okay you. sorry i i i stopped the sorry. clock anthony it's okay. sorry uh did bob barker try to kiss you i kissed him you did kiss him Ooh. On the cheek, I did. Oh, good. He, he may but have he, kissed me. I don't remember. He was a kisser. He was. And you he know was. what my shirt, our shirt said? This is so bad. There was a group of us, maybe 10 or 12 boys and girls, and they were all hot pink shirts. And they said, we're finally 18 and ready to kiss Bob. Love it. That's why you got selected. That's, yeah. We, that I was mean, genius. So we, we all, when you go, you get interviewed and you have 10 seconds to make an impression. So we all had our shirts and then I made him a congratulations card because the night prior he had won a bunch of Emmys for daytime, you know, talk show hosts. So I had a card to give him. So I had a card and it was my birthday. And so I guess that's why I got picked. Very smart lady, very mm -hmm. smart. My, my mother worked for Miss Universe and Miss USA back in the 70s for a very short time at, with Bob Barker and remembers vividly the kiss, by the yes, way. Yes, 
I, he was a, he was very frail at that time. I remember he had a lot of makeup, but I was just so happy. I mean, that was my childhood dream, you know? So that was How very much did cool you win? I think it was something around $44,000 in prizes. Holy moly. Mm-hmm. My mom said, don't come home unless you have an RV. And I won one of those pop-up trailers. Wow. I home and I told her, and they didn't believe me until I got home with all the paperwork. Oh my goodness, that's so funny. That's great. <laughs> yeah. All right, back to the question. Okay. What do you consider your greatest mitzvah to be today? Are you talking actual like mitzvah event or? No, a... mitzvah as in blessing. As in, I mean, I would say my family. Um, I got married very young, which could have gone wrong, <laughs> you know? I mean, right, right. you're a different Never person. Know. Right. Yeah, and honestly, my marriage and my is amazing, and my kids are awesome, and I just think I lucked out in that category for sure. Oh, I'm sure you have a little something to do with that yourself. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, have you ever lost your cookies in public? <laughs> um, in public, yes, but not. I don't. I hope not to where other people noticed. Tell <laughs> but me I, about it. Um, I will one particular day comes in mind about actually I can think of two. One was at Disneyland, long day, sensory overload for myself, maybe not my kids. Um <laughs> my husband ordered the wrong pizza and I think I may have told him I was going to do something with that pizza um to his face. So that was one in particular um a time, and then there was another time that maybe I'm not so proud of, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but so when my kids were, I would say like three and five, um, I parked into the Starbucks mobile, you know, get your coffee and go situation. It was probably 25 yards to where I parked the car and where I picked up my coffee and I left my kids in the car. But they, again, it was 70 degrees. It wasn't, they must've been like five and three or something, but I was eye contact the entire time. The sure. entire time. Running to get that contact, coffee, running back to getting the Getting it, I got their cake pops and I went back in the car. And there was a guy filming me saying, you left your kids in the car, we're gonna call CPS, blah, blah, blah. And I lost it. I absolutely, in tears, lost it. And that's probably, I'm probably on a video somewhere on the internet going crazy, but that was that was it. So, oh, that was bad memories. <laughs> but yeah, I did lose it. <laughs> you know, oh, I guess you I pushed my button. Alex, make a note, we need to look for that. Yes, I already, <laughs> yeah, it's already, I'll okay, find great. the Price is Right video first. I promise it's okay, much okay, more yeah. appealing. <laughs> okay, well, if you get us that Price is Right video, we'll stop looking for the other one. <laughs> Thank promise. you. Okay, good, because I'm not fond of that memory, but yes. <laughs> no. Okay, what's easier to manage, brides or preteens? Man, that's a tough one. Hmm. <laughs> well, I don't do a lot of weddings for a reason. Let's <laughs> say that. Um... I would say preteens are easier for the most part. And I have nothing against brides. I mean, this yeah. is a very important day and it's something they've dreamed of forever. Right. Preteens, usually you can, you know, give them a trip to Target and, and they're happy and, and, you know, it's much easier to, to win over a preteen. A pre yeah. Good point. 
Do you intentionally have do- did you intentionally have daughters so you couldn't be dismissed from any future wedding planning? Um, you know, I actually wanted all boys. I really wanted all boys. Um, and I'm so happy I got girls. Um, I've always gotten along with guys in general better. I don't deal well with drama or like unneeded stress or anything like that. I just wanted boys. Um, but my girls have taught me so much and they've taught me patience. And I think they've made me a more empathetic human. So, um, you get what you get, you know? And I think, um, I think I'm so happy that I ended up with two girls. And last question. Poor Alex, she's the one party favor you really don't want to see anymore. What party favor is she? Anything with like um, the couple's name on it, like a single cup with their name on it. Like what am I gonna do with this wine glass with your name on it? Um. (laughs) (laughs) What am I gonna do with that? That is a good point. And yet it looks, it just seems like what a great giveaway that is, right? Everyone wants it, right? Because your wedding is so much different. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> well, thank you for playing 10 quick questions. Yeah. Was it so bad? It was pretty easy. Yes. Pretty easy. I'm sorry if I wasn't quick enough with some of the answers. Well, oh. I interrupted. So, you know. No, please. You don't know what yeah. it is. We have sometimes no. waited and waited and waited for answers. Not at all a problem today. Not at all. I do have to say I'm a little bit jealous of your prize because you say that that you you know you really liked supermarket sweep. You you know what my prize was? What? A watch that never worked. Oh. So I'd rather have the forty forty four thousand dollars in prizes. That's horrible. <laughs> it really is. That is really horrible. That's just sad. And not even a gift card to like the local shopping. Like not even a, a turkey. Not even a turkey, a broken ass watch. And oh, you broke a sweat for that damn watch, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're running around that store. It's not easy. No. Oh, well. what you going to do? Well, that totally beats my uh, case of cream soda and uh, the submarine that was supposed to float in the bathtub that I won when I was six. On, uh <laughs> <laughs> on uh the Bobo the Clown show, I think it was. So you've definitely beat me in bad prizes. You are wow. the winner of the worst prize. A case of cream soda is amazing. There's so many things you can do with cream soda. Are you kidding? I, That's a wonderful prize. I love it today, but I did not love it when I was a boy. I didn't like cream soda. So my brother drank it and was very pleased to have it. But nonetheless, I digress. Okay. I know, right? <laughs> Rachel, back to you. This is all about you. Yes. Uh, you studied hospitality and tourism at uh, SDSU. How did how's that impacted your career? You know, it's funny when I tell people that I went to school to be an event planner, a lot of people look shocked that it's actually a college degree. Um, so, but I and I would say what I do is not you don't need a college degree. However, the HTM program at SDSU really put you in touch with all of the local hospitality um, connections. And it really got my foot in the door. Um, There was a, the first internship you have to do at the program was a um, hotel and you would rotate 
between all different departments, housekeeping, front desk, catering. So you got a feel for the hotel and they really set that up. So they um, set up an interview for me at the Grand Colonial in La Jolla. I got that job. Um, and then I ended up working the front desk and it was one of my favorite jobs I've ever had. But it really just put you in touch um, and got you connected. And also, even to this day, if you say your HTM to another vendor in San Diego and their HTM, it's kind of this understanding that like, okay, you're cool. Like you work hard and we'll accept you, you know? So mm -hmm. it got me interviews when I probably shouldn't have had an interview and it just puts you a little bit above um or a head start in your life with some other people looking for the same job as you. Yeah. It sounds like also they really did connect you with opportunities. Absolutely. So hard to find a school that does that. I, I'm so pleased to hear that as somebody who went through the SDSU master's program in MEM, uh, it's really, it feels good to know that those who went through the bat the the bachelor's program are connected with jobs and internships as well. I don't know what the graduation the graduation rate was that ended up with a job before graduation, but it was very high. I mean, most people were placed at a job before graduation, so that was it was really nice. Mm. And how long did you spend in the hotel business? maybe three years. I did the front desk for maybe a year and a half and I loved it. It was a boutique property. So less than a hundred rooms. You saw everyone, you got to know people. Um, and then I moved over to the sales side and I did all the social events on site. So I did mm. all of the weddings, you know, rehearsal dinners, you know, anything that was, you know, on the social side of things, I did all of their events there and I really loved it. But, you know, you don't really, you, you know it, but you don't know it until you do it. So, you you know, they tell you, oh, you're going to work every day and nights and weekends. But really, you work every day, every day, weekends. nights right. and weekends and, right. Chris, you know, Christmas and, and every holiday. So it was when I was presented with an opportunity to work the nonprofit side, it kind of blew my mind. I didn't know that you could work a Monday through Friday job. Um, and do really nice big events with maybe a couple Saturdays a year and also make a difference, you know, to a mission or a cause that you believed in. So it was pretty easy for me to make the switch from hotels to nonprofits. Um, but I definitely take the nonprofit or I'm sorry, the hotel knowledge with me when I'm working events at hotels. Yeah, I wondered about that. I wondered about, um, love to ask you some of those things that you take with you today that you learned back when you were working at a hotel? I kind of know what's negotiable and what's not. Um, like, what is the, like, I, can we get the, the corkage on the wine down? Can we waive the cake cutting fee? Can we waive the bartender fees? Like, these are things that I know that they, can the valet cost be, you know, negotiated? And I know those things are most likely able to, to be worked on or why they're telling you a certain thing. Um, but then I also know that like menu prices are not going to be negotiable. <laughs> like what is, is in front, maybe the room rental, we can lower the room rental and higher the F&B minimum. So ways to get creative with people's budgets and knowing how to negotiate for them has really helped. Do you find that you participate in the venue selection more than you don't in your current role? 
I do um, participate in the venue selection quite a bit. And sometimes it's really frustrating when I'm not involved with the venue selection. I can think of an event recently um, that we did that the venue itself was absolutely beautiful. And I can totally understand why the client picked it. Um, but she simply invited too many people for the space. I mean, like I worked on that diagram. I'm not kidding, like 77 times <laughs> every wow. time. And every time I was like, I can't fit your people in here. Like this is just right. not a conducive space. So, and I had to warn her about what that meant for the event and how that would impact everything. So if I can be involved, I would love to be involved just so we don't have to go back and and maybe change your vision for things as we get into the planning. Yeah, you can't put a square peg in a round hole. Uh, we I all, try. Yeah, you I, try, right? I really try hard. Wow, that's a tough spot to be in. Mm-hmm. So what, what was, if you don't mind, what was the end result there for that particular event? Not something you want to revisit? <laughs> Honestly... I'm happy with what, as a professional, I'm happy that I said something ahead of time and I'm happy that expectations were set at a certain level and the day of wasn't like, oh my goodness, what's happening? So I, I'm happy we had that conversation and if I could do it over, which I know we don't get do-overs, I would do things a bit differently um, but the party was a success and people had a jam and good time and it was all all good. But it was crowded, you know, people were were crowded. <laughs> so, you know, you know, I was happy that I was able to say something and, and set those expectations. But at this end of the day, I can't fit around peg into a square hole or something like that. Right. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> well, either way. Either work. way. Yeah. So you just mentioned having the conversation with the client, you know, before the fact, rather mm-hmm. than waiting to the last minute, how, how have you found that to be a benefit to you being very communicative and uh, making the client aware of things that they might not necessarily understand? How does that help you? Well, I think it allows you have that conversation and for the most part, they're receptive, they listen and they're appreciative of you bringing that up. And usually we can make it work. Like there's always time to, to fix something, to readjust, to get creative, try to be flexible. Um, so it's, um, you know, it, I think you're able to, to solve a lot of problems ahead of time by bringing those things up and not waiting for, you know, waiting for it to happen. I think it's good to be proactive. And I know that sounds bad to always think of what could possibly go wrong. But in our case, we think of how, how is this going to actually translate in real life? And, you know, I think with experience, it helps. Um, But for the most part, I don't have to have those conversations, to be honest. That's great. Yeah. That's great. No, I, I, it's part of our job to know what could possibly go wrong and mm-hmm. uh, to apprise our clients of that. It's not always easy, but it protects us, number one. And number two, it's the right way to do business, right? To make sure that people understand what it is they're getting into before it's too late to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. You said it very well. Absolutely. Do you ever have issues with clients when, uh, you know, when you try to consult and give them valuable advice they just don't want to take? And if so, how do you how do you handle that? 
I guess for the most part, I have really amazing clients because I, I would say in the midst of a world, because that's the bulk of my my business, um, it's a word of mouth business. And I see a lot of the peop- the same guests at a lot of the same parties. So I'll see one lady two, three, four, you know, four times. And then she recognizes me now. So there's a trust and she knows I, you know, did so-and-so's family and so-and-so's family. So there's already this built-in connection and trust. So if I recommend something, if I say something, for the most part, they're receptive. Um, For this last event that I'm talking about, that it ended up being a little small, um, Nug. I, I did offer them another space within the venue that was more money that I thought would be a better fit for them. They chose not to, to make that decision and they didn't want to spend that money. So that was in my head. I was like, okay, well, I've presented a solution. Right. I've told them what to expect. And now it's not my party. It's always their party. Mm-hmm. So they make, I, I always I always tell people that this is your party, not my party. If you ask me what I would do, I would tell you, but I'll always just give the pros and cons to everything. And then it's up to the client to make the decision. Um, I'll steer them in one direction, but if it's up to them to make a decision and once they made it, then I feel like we're going to make the best of it, whatever they, you know, and the show goes on, the party goes on. Right. And they're aware, they're aware. Mm -hmm. And they're aware and. Mm-hmm. I got my piece out. <laughs> right. That's great. That is absolutely great. I actually cut my teeth on bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs back in the day. And uh, I used to joke that I was the, the the one guinea who had been to more bar mitzvahs than any Jewish person I knew, because for a time, that was all that mm-hmm. I was doing. And, you know, it sounds great that you're meeting future clients while you're working, but there's also a double-edged sword there in that those clients don't want to see the same thing at their mitzvah that they're experiencing, you know, when they meet you. So how do you stay fresh and how, how do you continue to innovate for people uh, when you know they're going to want something different? Totally. So that's a great question because, you know, you're on this mitzvah circuit. And like you said, people go every single weekend and they see the same thing. I think it's important not to get complacent um, in all your events and to know that every event is is for that particular client, right? So I feed off what the client wants. So whether they're, whether it's theme, does theme take you in a different direction? Um, I'm constantly on Instagram just looking at reels and different entertainers and different desserts and different options for people. And I kind of file them away for certain clients. And I try not to recommend this cool vendor until that mitzvah has happened because I want them to have something new. And I also know who's friends with who and what circles they're in. So if one circle had one entertainer. I probably won't recommend that entertainer kind of in that circle for a little bit. And maybe I'll move that one, that entertainer to another circle, right? So I think it's just knowing your crowd, who's there, um, what they've seen recently. And it's also, I'm willing to pretty much work with, not with anyone, but I think just because I, I don't know you as a vendor doesn't mean you're not amazing and and not something I want to work with. So a lot of my clients go to these 
big events in LA or they go to these big events in Arizona or Texas or wherever it is. And they come back to me and they say, look what they had there. I try to find something like that locally or, um, you know, I'm just constantly trying to, to, you know, again, get new ideas for different people and just kind of pocket it away from them. So it's, it is a challenge though, but sometimes people are very direct with me and they'll be like, I went to this, this, and this party. I hated that, love that, want that. So I really feed off them. And then once they tell me what they like, I kind of get ideas on way to bulk that party up a bit. How for your mitzvahs, how um, involved for you do the, uh, the kids get in the party? Good question. You know, depends on the parent, I would say. Um, sometimes they... I love when a kid can get involved. And mm-hmm. I think um, I love to hear what's important to them. I love to hear what they're into, what they're not into sometimes is even more important mm-hmm. to me. Um, and then I like to take their ideas, but then I also have to realize that they are 12 and some of their ideas are not totally feasible, but how do we make their idea actually work or how do we bring their idea, you know, to life? And, you know, so it's, but I would say for the most part, it's me and the me and the mom or me and the dad for the most part working on things. And then maybe the mitzvah kid is chirping in the background that like, I have to have custom hoodies and, you know, we'll get the custom hoodies or they're like, I really want blue cotton candy with a glow stick. And we're like, all right, we'll get you blue cotton candy with a glow stick. But they're not usually at a lot of meetings. Um, they usually are in that last DJ meeting to make sure that we're getting their music selections right whatever games they want to play um things like that the kid will be involved with but for the most part it's the parents and and me uh how do you get to that information with the parents what kind of questions are you asking them to ascertain what it is you need to know well i always ask budget which is a filthy word um that so i think it's (laughs) necessary But it's important, right? So I think it's once someone tells you what they want to spend on certain things, you have to recommend the right vendors for that. Um, I think you ask about their social circle, what they like to do. Um, again, what the what activities the kids involved are they? One question I always ask is if they're doing a video montage, does the kid want everyone to sit down and watch it, or do we want it in the background on the you know scrolling? And sometimes that'll tell me if a kid really likes to be front and centered and attention, or sometimes the kid is a little bit more introverted and doesn't want the spotlight on them. And that kind of tells me a bit more about them too. I think it's just an ongoing conversation and an ongoing relationship that's just building upon, you know, this building blocks to each other. You're not really, it sounds like uh, you're following that psychographic uh mm-hmm rule in that you're not you're keeping your eyes and your ears open and you're not discounting any information that comes through right anything could lead to a possibility for the event right fair to say fair to say so when you worked in nonprofit you talked about uh working in hotels and that that uh knowledge that you bring with you what about from the nonprofit world, what what do you bring with you today that you learned working for a nonprofit? I think you have to be really smart with your budget. There's that word again, but I think you have to make 
very smart decisions on what's going to make the biggest impact of the room. So, and that has helped me with design budgets and, and whatnot. So maybe someone only has X amount of money for decor. I would not spend that money on a ballroom entrance because people see it for two seconds as they walk in and it's a wow moment, but then they don't see it for the rest of the night. So I think mm -hmm. it's really, we're, you know, maybe we put it on the stage or maybe we put it behind the DJ or, you know, a focal point that people will see. So I think it's what decisions are going to make a big impact. Um, is it going to be the custom Etsy gift box that, you know, is cute and themed? Probably not. So you probably can just cut that from your budget and put that money towards something else that people are going to remember. Um, also the entertainment, I think, um, you want guests to have a really good time at your event and just like at a nonprofit. Yeah. It's a fundraiser, but if people don't have a good time, they're not going to come back. Right. So it's the same thing. Um, with my events, just keeping in mind the guest experience is really important. It's the it's the key to what we yeah. do, right? The experience. That's why I keep calling you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, you are a business owner today, and you run RSVP events. What's the most exciting part of business ownership for you? Exciting. Um, I think it's really cool that my kids can see their mom kind of not doing it all, but, um, running, doing the show. What, yeah, yeah. Doing what she loves to do and, um, being good at it, you know, and, and making a living off of it, but also being able to somewhat plan your own schedule. Right. And if your daughter has a recital, then you know, you don't plan something that day and being able to accommodate your life with your, your family. So I think that's the most exciting thing. Um, I just have, I feel like I'm good at it, you know, so that's pretty exciting to, to yeah. like what I do and, and be good at it. So that's, that's always a win. What's the expression? If you love what you do, you never work a day in your mm -hmm. life. I mean, trust me, I work really hard, but I, <laughs> you know, I do love what I do. Um, but it makes it a a hell of a lot easier. Sure. Uh, and I you... have to say, can I throw this in, Anthony? Having sure. worked with you on site, and I remember one particular event where it was splendid. It was amazing. And there were a lot of last minute, little tiny changes. You were so even keel. I never saw you break once. It made it such a pleasure to go, okay, well, we'll make this work. We'll make that work. I was so at ease working with you because you were so at ease. I never felt stressed that whole night. Well, thank you. I honestly, I, I work on vibes <laughs> and I work on, I work on, like there are certain vendors that I have cut out for sure that the vibes at setup were not like that. And it was very stressful and I feed off people's energy, right? So if you're stressed, I'm stressed, but I always, there's always a solution for the most part, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we can always make it work. So if there are last minute changes, all right, let, let's figure it out together. And that, that's honestly what I love to do. I love the day of, and I love the execution of it. And I know that just because something on paper says one thing doesn't always translate to real life. And how do we cross that? Mm -hmm. You know, 
Yeah. And there's a lot coming at you on the day mm-hmm. of, you know, things that you didn't count on necessarily coming at you, requests that you didn't plan for, but you are obviously very quick and very steady on your feet and uh, are able to make decisions on the sly, uh, you know, when you have to, which is really part part of what it is to be a professional planner. You really need to have that ability to not have your feathers ruffled when things don't go according to plan and be able to, you know, go to plan B or make a change quickly. It's a gift. Not, not all of us have. So Thank congr- you. congratulations on that because whether it comes naturally or it's something that you have worked on, it's key to, mm-hmm. to being successful in this business. Thank you both. So what's the most grueling part of business ownership for you? Grueling part. Um, I hate, <laughs> I hate the admin stuff, right? <laughs> like, oh, yes. um, oh, I just want to plan parties, but you know, taking it from a, a dual proprietorship or whatever it is to an S corp, um, because I don't know, because taxes got too much and your accountant right. tells you, you need to switch over and so all of that paperwork and has been completely overwhelming. Um, and, you did it. and I did it right. You know what you do? You just hire someone who knows what they're doing mm-hmm. and that saves you all of the stress. So, um, you know, payroll, all that stuff, that's pretty stressful and managing people that's stressful. Um, and the emails, gosh, the emails don't ever stop. <laughs> So that's, the that is, yeah, that is, um, yeah, that's the hard part, but other than that, it's, it's not, it's not that bad. Do you foresee getting your girls involved in your business at some point if they're not already? Um, so Maddie is my oldest. She is 11. I don't think she has any interest in doing events she will probably do something medically in that field um who knows but and then my emily who is nine as of now she wants to be a fashion or a costume designer but i could yes that is her passion um i could see her doing events though she honestly can stop things very well and I let her you know like style her room or her bookcase or whatever and I'm like girl that looks good so um I could totally see her wanting to do that and take over so maybe when she's in high school if she wants to help set up for an event so she could see what 12 hours on your feet is like like um what mommy really does right yeah yeah because it's not just sitting at the computer all day on emails right right yeah that's that's not even the beginning of it, really. No. No. Right. No, you know, and I she... think it's... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you go. I was just saying, I think it's a, it's a great opportunity, even if they don't go full force into the industry or take over for you, to really get an idea of, of what's involved. And it helps them in whatever it is they go on. Uh, my daughter has helped us. In fact, she's worked with you on an event. Yeah. Two times. And um, she loves it. She doesn't want to be an event planner, but she loves doing it. So whenever we have the opportunity to utilize her, she's on board. 
Mm. Uh, and it's really been helpful for her to see what all the details to notice the details is mm-hmm. going to help them in whatever they choose to uh, pursue. The setup is always the fun part, right? So if you can get them involved with the setup and then it takes a special certain person to be able to handle all the details and the minutia of the back and forth mm-hmm. and, you know, everything that goes into the event planning. So mm-hmm. if one of them wants to, um, to take it or get involved, or even help a little bit, that's great. Although I will say my Maddie, she loves to help me alphabetize like escort cards, or if I have a project at home, I'll pay her, you know, you know, on the side and she'll, she'll do things like that for me. That's great. That's great. So what advice would you give a young SDSU graduate wanting to be an event planner today? I would say... To vol like I volunteered. I volunteered at the Bessa Expo, and that's how I got my feet wet. You know, so I volunteered at the expo. I was blown away by it, and I reached out to the event planners and I said, "I want to be an event planner." Like every other, I'm sure, girl there said to them. Um, but I think get involved, and I think volunteer, um, and just meet as many people as you can in the industry. And if you can get your feet wet at a hotel, I think that's a great spot to start and you can work your way up there. Um, Yeah. I just think it's all about who you know, right? Mm -hmm. And being willing to take initiative and do what you did, you know, volunteer, Mm -hmm. uh, which which meant you taking the initiative and saying, Hey, I want to help out. I want to uh, see what this is about. I'm sure nobody invited you to volunteer. You had to, you know, take that step yourself. And then reaching out again after you did volunteer to say, I like this. I want to know more. Uh, if I, I just so love that you said that because it's the mm-hmm. one piece of advice that I give to young people as well. Yeah. Volunteer, get involved, take initiative. Uh, it works every single time. And those of us who've been in business a long time, are are blown over when when a young person uh, states an interest and takes initiative to do something. We don't see it often. Is why I don't see it hardly ever, and I don't know. And not to be like back in my day, uh, no, like <laughs> we had <laughs> we had internships, you know, that weren't paid, and now I don't know if they really exist or if it's frowned upon. <laughs> you know, if it's child right. labor kind of thing. So right. it, it's different than it was. Um, but yeah, get involved and do as much as you can in the events reach out to people like me. I would love to have extra. I always looking for extra hands for setup for some of these bigger events and just stay in people's faces because we're very busy. But if you stay in our face, we can't forget about you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I used to call it, um, I haven't said this in a while, uh, pleasant tenacity. Yes. Be tenacious. Just don't piss anybody off while you're doing it. Just be kind and respectful and tenacious. Right. And it'll get you a whole lot at the end of the day. Absolutely. Go ahead, Can I, Yeah, I want to ask you a question. I, I, I'm going to go back a little bit to when you were uh, interning at the hotel and you had you said you had to do every facet, even, even working in um, the house cleaning. How did seeing 
parts of a, of a job that you really weren't going to go into? How did that help you in what you do now? It's a great question. I mean, I definitely have respect for all of the different uh, departments and what it takes to run a hotel. And when I have clients who are maybe trying to get into their room early because they want early check-in and they have hair and makeup. And I always tell them you really should reserve the night before to get two room nights because it depends on someone checking out on time. Then it depends on housekeeping, cleaning that room for you to check out. So there is a system and the hotel is not just saying, no, you can't have early check-in because they want to be mean. They're saying it because the room's occupied and they have to clean it. So um, just kind of knowing the operations. I mean, you would think that's common knowledge, but not so much. Um, so that is the different facets. And also, you know, I worked in banquets for a while. And so I know how they do play, you know, if it's a plated meal, how they're plating up in the back and, and what that whole process looks like. And just, um, I also worked night audit. That was pretty crazy. I don't think I'd want to go back to that. What is night audit? Night audit is um, they basically take all the finances from the hotel at midnight and they balance the books that night. So like they add the valet charges and all your room service, all your room service um, tickets are entered in at night. And it's just a lot of math in the middle of the night. So (laughs) (laughs) the worst time for math for me, (laughs) how essential is professional membership to your business. You're a member of BESA and maybe some other uh, organizations. How valuable and necessary are those memberships? You know, maybe this is not the answer that a lot of people would give, but I would say in the beginning of your, in the beginning of your business, it's super important, right? Like I was, when I was just into the hotels, I was a nace for the catering and I was it, ISIS that became ISIS. a Yes. Yes. I was, <laughs> yes. So ISIS and then Bessa has been forever and, and I love, you know, I'll always be in Bessa. Um, but as my business has grown and as it's changed a bit, I'm not members of them anymore so much. And I, this is horrible, but I, and I also don't participate in a ton of networking events. I live a little bit further away from the city Um, So it is harder for me to attend a lot of the nighttime events, but I really feel that my networking happens every weekend when I have an event, right? So like, I feel like I'm able to strengthen my relationships with the vendors while we're working, while we're together. Um, I would love to be able to attend some more networking events and get to know like vendors on another level as well um which is right now with my current workload and and my life and my location it's not super easy for me um but i definitely say in the beginning when you're really trying to get that business and make connections with people it's super important to to get a priority yeah and and if you don't mind me adding i think it's sure. important and i think you've done this honestly it, it, to be selective in the memberships that you have uh, because if you are a member of three or four organizations as a single business owner, it's hard to keep up with them all and to really extract any value out of them because you you are busy and you have a business to run as well. So the fact that you are still in BESA and have chosen to 
stick with one may feel like a lot now, but it really is the smart choice because you wouldn't have the time to invest in all of the others. No, that's right. And I don't, I'm, that's right. And I want to be thoughtful in my time and mm -hmm. my money. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's going to get you the best results, what, the best return? You know, for us, uh, BESA, we're a member of BESA, as you know, uh, we see it as a, a place to get resources. Whereas originally we went to BESA thinking, okay, this is another market for us. We're not quite sure if we're going to be able to play in this market, but let's make the investment and see. And what it has turned out being is that we get some really great resources from the other members of BESA that we would not have known about. They're completely uh, appropriate for corporate or other mm -hmm. kinds of events, but because they're so uh, entrenched in BESA and they're so busy being in BESA, they might not be marketing to the other, uh, you know, the other opportunities that come out. So for us, we see it as a plus. Uh, but we're also very careful about where we spend our time because there's only so much time, right? And you get what you give. You get what mm -hmm. you, you get out, what you put in, basically. Absolutely. And and that's interesting, too, that you say that because with Bessa, with you and, and my company, yeah, a handful of mitzvahs a year. But for the most part, I'm booking a lot of for my, my corporate gigs. So love you for thank you which, so much. Keep no, of that. course, but it's you know it's it's not all it's not only mitzvah related. So you're right, right, right. You never know. And as a planner, you know, you 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 do most of your business at our mitzvahs, but you also do weddings and you also do corporate, mm -hmm. and you don't know when the next corporate event is going to is going to present itself to you or your business you're out there you're already doing business so somebody could very easily say i know you do a lot of bar mitzvahs but will you do this corporate event i have this opportunity and you're the first person i thought of and of course if it's the right kind of thing you're going to take it mm -hmm. and so to say well you know rachel wood and rsvp they really only do bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs that's the wrong right. approach right because I also find that when I talk to other wedding planners that are my friends, they don't get a lot of phone calls for other events, but uh -huh. as a, they don't get a lot of, uh, you know, company holiday parties or corporate, you know, cocktail parties. They get pretty much wedding referrals and that's it. But maybe it's because I'm in a different genre and, but yeah, you're right for them. I get phone calls all the time that are like, I saw you at a mitzvah or someone recommended you and do you do this type of party? And so I'm, I'm very lucky that that happens to me. Mm. I'm curious to know why, why wedding planners don't experience uh, that kind of opportunity. Do you have any idea why? I don't know if they're just put into a box that they, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's not all wedding planners, but just the ones that I speak to, mm. they, they don't get a ton of other type of events their way. It's an interesting phenomenon, something we should uh, investigate a bit further. Sure. <laughs> I wonder if it has anything to do with a wedding planner is usually titled a wedding planner, but you don't call yourself a mitzvah planner. You're an event planner. Mm -hmm. So yeah. your your title already is broader. 
Or maybe they just, you know, mitzvahs have themes, entertainment, and just different, you know, weddings are beautiful, but sometimes they can be boring, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. they don't have to be, you know, sometimes they're the same thing, different color. So I don't yeah. know. Right. <laughs> right. There's, it's more formulaic. Yes. Yes. A mitzvah or um, a fundraiser or, a, you know, any, any old party, it's definitely more formulaic. There's certain things that are going to happen that you know have to happen every time and so maybe they are boxed in a bit because of that that's very interesting maybe we need to have a some wedding planners on a panel to discuss why that is um what's hot in the mitzvah market these days what's hot in the mitzvah market (laughs) yeah what's trending what are people asking for I would say like an LED dance floor, something fun and and different. That's something that's trending. Um, a fun dessert is always trending, you know, mm-hmm. and things go in cycles, right? So I feel like the liquid nitrogen um, dessert was popular a few years ago. I feel like it's popular again, whether it's the Dragon's Breath popcorn or the liquid nitrogen um like we had this fabulous vendor that I found on Instagram and they're circus themed and they perform when they serve ice cream and we have a circus mitzvah coming up. So they're going to do like acrobatics and performances while they give out um, ice cream, like that smokes. So that's super cool. Um, Anything glow is always, is always super trendy and, and, and sought after in a mitzvah entertainment like you know mental i've used a bunch of mentalists and magicians lately not uh-huh. just plain magicians but like mentalists who can sure, basically sure. read your mind and blow you away blow you away right. i honestly i have a few that i'm just like how did you do this right um that's people really like that um Candy state, a candy and junk tables, but not just like your typical candy table, like personalized. I do a lot of Mexican Jewish um, events. So they have like some amazing junk bars um, as well. So that's really fun. Um, oh, and custom swag. Custom swag is very big. Like I said, no one wants a glass with your name on it. <laughs> But people want a glass with their name on it, you know? So if you can brand it with maybe your logo somewhere small, but if you can customize it for the person, people love to talk about themselves and they love to get things for themselves. So any kind of swag you can do, hoodies, beanies, pajama pants, super big right now. Mm, Pajama pants. I see them on planes all the time. But yes, pajama pants are big. They're big, huge. Uh, May I speak to the LED dance floor for just a moment? Sure. Uh, we recently did a, a dual birthday celebration uh, for a couple that was turning 60. And we rented a, an LED dance floor. It was part of the design for the for the party. And in the 10th hour, the couple wanted to make some cuts, financial cuts. So... Uh, they asked if they could cut the dance floor. Well, it was already too late to cut the dance floor because it was already packed in the truck and getting Mm -hmm. ready to be driven down to the venue. Well, and it's a good thing, by the way, that they weren't able to cut it because it made 
the night. Something that's fabulous, right? It's seemingly such a simple ad, and yet it it's the reason why people flooded that dance floor and stayed on that dance floor and felt awesome dancing. You know, it just really made the difference. It's amazing. It amazed me. It's and and right. And if if you can be amazed after all these years, you know, just think about the people who don't go to events all the time, what they see. We just did a party on 11, 11, and we had essentially three led dance floors connected to make a big U and it was massive and amazing but we t- on each leg of the u we put lounge furniture so people were in the lounge but with like glow under them mm-hmm. and it just it just was a it was a whole vibe and people just loved it and it really made the party and i'm so happy the client spent that money and cuz that's going to make the impact of the room mm-hmm. right so we we used like there was a restaurant. We used restaurant tables and chairs. We didn't put her money towards rentals on that. We put the money towards the dance floor, and that's all people talked. Really cool. Really cool. It's an awesome ad that uh, again we don't always think of first thing because we think oh, a regular dance floor that's all we need. But what an impact! And the candy table is another item that I think makes a big impact. We did that as well for this mm-hmm. 60th birthday party and. Uh, the customization is really, really key there. We used an old friend of mine out of Chicago, uh, to do the candy bar and she did the research and found out that, uh, flakes, right? Flakes, Cadbury flakes, Cadbury flakes, we had never heard of here in America, very, very popular in the UK. And so we had them on the candy table. Wouldn't you know, those flakes were the hit of that candy table because again, it's not something we see here. And so when the couple saw them on the candy display, they went wild. And so did the friends who were from the UK. Uh, yes. So it's it's funny how such a small thing can make a big impact when you do the homework in advance. Wouldn't you agree? I do agree. And that's how you made that party a success because you thought about the attendees, just like you were asking me, how do you make sure your parties are different? Like you have to, okay, where are the people coming from and what's going to make it different? And I, I think you killed it. That sounds great. We'll write back to you too. You killed it too. <laughs> wow. Look at that. <laughs> look at how we are. So I would love to get to the nitty gritty because that's what we're all about and ask you just five quick questions. <gasps> the Bolotified Five. My first question is, what is your golden rule? I would say my golden, I mean, I would never ask anyone to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Um, so... If it's on site the day of, I mean, I've done, I will get on my hands and knees and hand pick up rose petals if we weren't allowed to, you know what I mean? I mean, like mm-hmm. any, anything, if I'm asking, you know, we'll walk around cleaning up the kids trash off the ground and the popsicle sticks that are sticking to the lounge and things like that. So um, moving chairs and, and I will do that every day if needed, but I'll never ask anyone to do anything that I think. I would never do. So just trying to have respect for people. That's great. 
That is great. Nothing is nothing is beneath you. It has to get done. It no. has to get done. You're not above it any mm -hmm. anybody. That's Love a great that. golden rule. Mm -hmm. uh, what is one daily habit you have that you strongly believe contributes to your success? What do you do daily that helps you in your life? Well, I would say every article out there probably says this is not what you should do, um, but I, this is what I do. Okay. <laughs> I get up at five o'clock and I make a cup of coffee and by 5.15, I'm doing emails. Um, it's the first thing I look at when I wake up. But honestly, I know that people are really busy these days and a lot of people have jobs and families and things that they're doing. And then they get at nighttime and they have all these worries and I get all the worried emails throughout the night. Every single client is worried about something. So if I can wake up in the morning and I ease their worries and I work on whatever that they need me to work on and I let them know that I got it and I'm working on it, I feel like they wake up, they check their email and they're like, oh my gosh, like everything's taken care of and everything is great and she's on it. So nice. I, I try to clear my inbox out by the time I'm done for the day. And then in the morning, I start all over again. But I really do think that people, it's just answering on, in a timely manner. <laughs> I think that really means a lot to people these days. So oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah but most mostly articles will say, Oh, do some yoga and don't look at your phone for an hour or right. meditate. I'm like, No, 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 <laughs> I'm gonna get my coffee and I'm gonna get on it. Because that's what I do. And it makes me, and it makes me feel good too. Well, that's what's, that's what's, yeah, that's, it, does, it doesn't uh, drag you down or, or it's not a bad start to your day. You feel that you have been productive already. I have a head start on that. You have a head right? start. Yeah. Yeah. You're right though. Those articles, every single one of them does say, don't wake up and watch, look at your emails. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't do what I do. <laughs> right. Right. Don't do what she does. That's what they say now. Don't do what she does. Don't do uh -huh. what Rosa does. Uh -huh. So when no one is listening, what do you tell yourself? What's your dialogue, your self-dialogue like? I think I have like angel devil, right? Or each, like one side of me is just surprised and almost laughable <laughs> that like people trust me to put on these big events when going grocery shopping completely overwhelms me. Um <laughs> And just like the daily day life. But like, so I think, I just think it's funny that there's that side of me, right? But work-wise, like I am on it. Um, and then the other side of me, I don't think about it often, but I am proud of myself. Like, um, I don't like to like get in my feelings too much. But I remember like when, when RSVP was formed, we really were like, man, if we could just get one event a month, that'd be really cool. And like one time we were like, wouldn't it be so cool if we had like three events a month or, you know, and then all of a sudden I got to, you know, 35 events a year. And I was like, this is, this is too much. Like, what am I doing? So I, <laughs> I've had to like cap myself and really make a mindful effort of turning away business or picking mm. business that really is a good fit for me. Um, and that's just a really cool place to me. So that's, um, so half of me is like, I can't believe that people trust me. And the other half of me is like, wow, I can't believe I've come so far and I'm really good at what I do and, and go me. So there's, I'm pulled both ways. Mm. Uh, I just recently read an article, uh, 
about the need for us to take more stock in the things that we have accomplished rather than worry so much about what it is we haven't accomplished. Uh, so kudos for doing that. And the only other thing I want to say to that is don't judge Rachel Wood by what you see in the grocery store. I'm not even in the grocery store. I don't even go. Oh, that's, <laughs> you won't find me there. No, don't don't expect to find you there. No, no. Um, that's yeah, or just you know, planning my own personal life. Like if it comes to my kids, like I know what's happening, sure. what's going on. But when it comes to like vacation, that's my husband. Like he's planning all of it because I cannot plan another detail. I don't even care. Like just take right. me, you know. Right. I just, I'm along for the run, like for the, for the ride. Right. Whatever you want for dinner is fine with me. Just pick. Yeah. Right. Just yeah. pick and make. Yeah, totally. So, um, yeah. What's one change you'd like to see in the world? Just more acceptance of, of people who are different from you. Um, whether it's how you were raised or what your religion is or what your culture or your 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 lifestyle and who you choose to to love um but yeah just a little bit more acceptance of people who maybe just are different than you thank you for that mm -hmm. and what is your why what gets you motivated it's you know i'm always always thinking about that um and as a working mom you can't you you can't help but be like i'm missing so much or you know, am I doing what's right? And then I would say COVID hit and I was doing nothing. <laughs> and, <laughs> like the rest of us. Yeah. And it was really hard because I just felt like I had no purpose and, you know, nothing to look forward to or, or whatnot. So I think I, like I said, I, I feel like I found something I really enjoy to do and I feel like I'm good at it. And I feel like I'm providing families with just memories for a lifetime of really happy moments. And that's gotta be, you know, good. Um, but I also, like, I, I think I mentioned this prior. Um, I love being an example to my girls that, you know, you can be a boss and you can do really cool things and, and make a living and you don't, and my life doesn't have to revolve around them necessarily. It, you know, I just, it's, I think it's a good example for them. Yeah. Yeah. Let's show, show them how to be independent people and thinkers and to take care of themselves and, you know, to, to have the wherewithal to do that. And you don't work for anybody. You, well, you work for everybody. I but work you, for my clients. But you don't work <laughs> for anybody. And that's, that speaks to, uh, your ability and your independence and, you know, you've made your own way. And what greater lesson is that to give to two young beings who eventually are going to need to find their own way in life? Yeah. It's really, really, really terrific. Um, really terrific. It just uh, makes my heart sing, actually, that you can juggle all these things. Absolutely. It's great lessons for kids and and you're being productive and you're making people happy and i can't wait for i don't know 10 or 15 years down the line when your bat mitzvah and bar mitzvah boys and girls are now getting married and doing other things in their lives and have other reasons to celebrate and want you 
to come back and plan for them again, because that is surely going to happen. Yes. I've done, you know, some high school graduations for past mitzvah. I've done some college graduations for past mitzvah. Wow, already happening. Yeah, which is wild. Um, no weddings yet, which would be really cool. And I would be honored that they thought of me to do that. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of time. It's going to happen for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you, Rachel Wood from RSVP. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun and i really enjoyed speaking with you guys thank you we we enjoyed it too and uh, we can't wait to see you in person again and we thank you for everything and for being such a great uh representative of our community and our business and our industry thank you so much for doing it well and right thank you so much Hey, thank you for listening to Bolotified. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe. And remember to leave us your questions or comments at bolotta.com backslash podcast. Bolotified is a production of Bolotta Entertainment. Hey, that's a lot of Bolotta. Stay engaging. Mm-hmm.